everyone and welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans. Specifically today we're going to be reading through Romans chapter 13 verses 1 to 14. So just to recap, we had just finished Romans chapter 12, which was a very practical chapter and is one of my favorites in the entire Bible. And so far we've looked at our relationship to God and how we are to yield our bodies, mind and our will to him and what does that practically look like. And then we also looked at our relationship to other believers and how are we supposed to interact with them. And then in the last episode, we read about our relationship to our enemies and how we should act in the face of ridicule, slander and betrayal. And today is a brand new chapter, Romans chapter 13. It's actually a continuation of chapter 12 and it goes into our relationship to our country and government. So let's get right into it and read Romans chapter 13 verses 1 to 14. And as usual, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation today. It says this, Obey the rulers who have authority over you. Only God can give authority to anyone, and he puts these rulers in their places of power. People who oppose the authorities are opposing what God has done, and they will be punished. Rulers are a threat to evil people, not to good people. There is no need to be afraid of the authorities. Just do right, and they will praise you for it. After all, they are God's servants, and it is their duty to help you. If you do something wrong, you ought to be afraid, because these rulers have the right to punish you. They are God's servants who punish criminals to show how angry God is. But you should obey the rulers because you know it is the right thing to do, and not just because of God's anger. You must also pay your taxes. The authorities are God's servants, and it is their duty to take care of these matters. Pay all that you owe, whether it is taxes and fees or respect and honor. Let love be your only debt. If you love others, you have done all that the law commands. If you love others, you have done all that the law demands. In the law, there are many commands, such as be faithful in marriage, do not murder, do not steal, do not want what belongs to others. But all of these are summed up in the command that says, love others as much as you love yourself. No one loves others will harm them. So love is all that the law demands. You know what sort of times we live in, and so you should live properly. It is time to wake up. You know that the day when we will be saved is nearer now than when we first put our faith in the Lord. Night is almost over. The day will soon appear. We must stop behaving as people do in the dark and be ready to live in the light. So behave properly as people do in the day. Don't go to wild parties or get drunk or be vulgar or indecent. Don't quarrel or be jealous. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be as near to you as the clothes that you wear. Then you won't try to satisfy your selfish desires. So that was a lot. So we're going to break it all down. God has established three institutions, the home, government, and the church. And the Apostle Paul was writing to the believers who were in the very heart of the Roman Empire. And at the time, the persecution hadn't started yet because Christianity was still considered to be just a Jewish sect. But the day was coming when it would get very difficult, if not impossible, for a Christian to be loyal to the Roman emperor. They couldn't drop incense on the altar and affirm that Caesar is God, just like everyone else did, because that's what they used to do back then. They used to treat their emperor as a god. But in our day, we have a lot of people who get very up in arms and they riot and rebel in the name of Jesus. And they tell people that the Christian thing to do is to disobey the law and rebel against the authorities and to allow every person to do whatever is right in their own eyes. But Paul was actually very opposed to that position and he explains four reasons here why Christians must follow the laws of the country or the state that they're in. Reason number one is for wrath's sake. So according to Acts chapter 17, God is the one who has established the governments of the entire world. 
And this doesn't mean that he alone is responsible for the sins of the bad and evil leaders, but only that the authority to rule originally comes from God. If you read Daniel chapter 4, you'll see that the leader at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, had to learn that the hard way. But to resist the law is to also resist the God who established government in the world. And this means inviting punishment. And what I mean by that is that rulers and leaders do have the power to punish and even to take life sometimes. God established human government because humanity is naturally very sinful and needs to have some kind of authority over us. And God has given the ability to punish to those leaders. It's just a fact. Even though we don't or won't always respect the person who's in office, we do need to respect the office itself because government was ordained by God. On more than one occasion, you'll see in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul has used Roman law to protect his own life and to extend his work. The Roman centurions mentioned in the book of Acts appear to be men of good character and high standards. Even if the government officials weren't even Christians, they were still being used by God because he has established the authority of the state. Okay, so reason number two is for conscience's sake. Any citizen obeys the law because of fear of punishment, but a Christian should actually obey the law because of conscience. Of course, if the government is interfering with conscience, then the Christian should ultimately obey God rather than people. But when the law is good and right, the believer must obey if they are to remain in good conscience. In Romans chapter 13 verse 7, it says, pay all that you owe, whether it is in taxes and fees or respect and honor. So this is pretty simple. We should pay what we owe. If we don't, we show disrespect to the law, the officials, and to God. And this obviously ends up affecting the conscience of the believer. Again, we may not always agree with all that is done with the money that we pay to the government, but we shouldn't dare to violate our own conscience by refusing to pay. Reason number three is for love's sake. Verses 8 to 10 say, Let love be your only debt. If you love others, you have done all that the law demands. In the law, there are many commands, such as be faithful in marriage, do not murder, do not steal, do not want what belongs to others. But all of these are summed up in the command that says, love others as much as you love yourself. No one who loves others will harm them. So love is all that the law demands. So not just to government officials, but to everyone. We are to love each other. We're to love everyone. That's the basic principle of the Christian life. When we practice love, there is no need really for other laws because love covers it all is what it's saying here. If we are to love others well, we will naturally not want to do wrong against them. As Christians, we're no longer actually held responsible under the law, as we've said countless times already on the podcast, but we live under grace. Our motive for listening and obeying God and helping others is the love of Jesus in our hearts. Some people have the conviction that where it says, let love be your only debt, they tend to take it to mean to not have any financial debt at all. But the Bible actually doesn't forbid borrowing or any legal financial transactions that involve interest. What the Bible does forbid, though, is charging high interest and robbing people and failing to pay honest debts. Anyway, later on, Paul focuses on the very heart of our problem, which is the human heart. Because the heart of mankind is sinful. God established government. But at the same time, laws can't change the heart because the heart is selfish and can only be changed by the grace of God. Anyway, the final reason, number four, is for Jesus' sake. If you take the whole journey of faith in the Bible, we've come a really long way from obeying God's law from fear to conscience to love and then to devotion to Jesus. 
But the emphasis in verses 11 to 14 is Jesus' return. As Christians, we want to be found faithful when he does return, where it says, It is time to wake up. You know that the day when we will be saved is nearer than when we first put our faith in the Lord. Night is almost over and day will soon appear. We must stop behaving as people do in the dark and be ready to live in the light. So behave properly as people do in the day. Don't go to wild parties or get drunk or be vulgar or indecent. Don't quarrel or be jealous. We can tie a lot to these statements to other parts in the Bible like Matthew 25, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and 1 John chapter 2. But to be straightforward about it, there's a part in Ephesians chapter 6 that actually talks about putting on the armor of God. And if you haven't read that, definitely go read it if you haven't yet. But essentially, the Christian is to wear the armor of light, not darkness. That's the, that's the wordage that ties into the armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6. As Christians, we have no reason to get involved in worldly things, things that are bad and the little things that just won't matter in the light of eternity. We're supposed to be about God's business. Christians are also encouraged to become more like Jesus and to receive by faith all that he is for our daily living. After all, we grow on the basis of the food that we eat, right? So if we eat unhealthy foods, we'll be unhealthy. And if we eat healthy foods, then we should be healthy. If we entertain thoughts, actions, temptations, or anything like that that aren't good and are actually against God, we will ultimately fail. But if instead we focus on things that do build us up and things that do encourage the fruit of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then we will succeed. Overall, to summarize, the Christian citizen should be the best citizen. We may not always agree on politics or parties or laws or whatever it is, but we should be able to all agree on what our attitude should be towards human government. And that's where I'm going to leave it today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it wasn't too controversial since we were talking about government and politics and state. But in the next episode, we'll be reading chapter 14 verses 1 to 12, and it mainly focuses on when Christians disagree. So I'll hope you'll tune in for that episode, and I really hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye.